your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You're a win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome into Thursday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, July 8th, 2021. Your boy Q here with you. You know, you can find me on Twitter, as many of you do, at your boy Q254. And also, you can always hit me up on the Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. After a few days of only having a couple calls and texts here and there, all of a sudden the floodgates are open. So got a lot of text messages, lots of calls to get to. And matter of fact, we'll do that in segment number three of today's show. Before I get into today's show, though, I do want to send along this message that I got on Twitter from RX Raider on Twitter at Raider. That's R-A-Y-D-E-R underscore K. Uh, he hit me up and said, hey, Q, I just had my first child born on July 6th. His name is Raiden Kumar, named after his dad and his dad's favorite team. Anyway, you could do a quick shout out to the newest member of Raider Nation Brother. And yes, absolutely. I want to shout that out off top of the show just because that's awesome. It's always great to bring a number, another member of Raider Nation into the fold. And it's great to uh, raise them a Raider, right? Absolutely. That's what I did with my kids, and that's what you should do as well. So shout out to uh, Raiden Kumar, the newest member of Raider Nation. Now let's go ahead and get into today's show. Uh, as I mentioned, calls and texts off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. That's going to come up in segment number three. Segment number two got a really good call. I got a call from Nate in Arizona, and he was talking about difference makers, and then he started talking about the quarterback conversation. And difference makers is a conversation I had on Wednesday's show uh, just because I was watching the Phoenix Suns and what they were able to do and how big of a difference maker Chris Paul was. And I talked about how big of a difference maker Tom Brady was for Tampa Bay and was asking about the Raiders and their difference makers. So he brought up the question about, hey, I'm not just trying to single out Derek Carr, but when is the quarterback conversation, when is it relevant? You know, because it's something that here on the podcast, I'm not going to sit there and harp on every single day. I'm just not. You know, now on today's show, there's a lot of actually Derek Carr conversation, but it has nothing to do with is he the guy, is he not the guy? But he brings up a really good question. When is it time to ask about the the quarterback, you know, conversation? When is that relevant? So you're going to hear that call in segment number two, and then we'll talk about it. We'll break it down in segment number two. Here in segment number one, it's going to be news and notes of the day, as I always do. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. Now, off top, I'm going to be on Pritch and Clay on Raider Nation Radio 920 at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. So depending on what time you are uh, listening to this podcast, I might be coming up or I might have already passed. But uh, this morning, I will be talking to Pritch and Clay. Just just a little phone interview. Uh, it's kind of cool. You know, I've been on with Vinny plenty of times. Obviously, I was on with Scott Gobranson back in the day uh, when Raider Nation Radio 920 started uh, from 2 to 4. I was doing that. And, uh, you know, for anyone who's a new booty, uh, maybe you don't know that, but that's what I was doing to begin with. But now I get the opportunity to hop on with Pritch and Clay. So that's going to be at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time uh, this morning. So uh, check that out if you have an opportunity. But I also wanted to let you know about my on-air schedule. A lot of folks have reached out by way of uh, Twitter and said, hey, so when are you actually on the radio on Raider Nation Radio 920? And my official first day is July 12th, which is Monday. But I don't think I'm going to go on the radio until maybe the 15th. And the reason why is because Vinny Bonsignor is going to actually go on vacation. So the plan is to have me fill in for him while he's on vacation. And then once he comes back from vacation, I'll transition into the 2 to 4 p.m. slot that I was at uh, when when myself and Scott were doing uh, Silver and Black today. So I will eventually be in that 2 to 4 slot. But 
when it starts, when I start, uh, I think I won't actually go on the radio to the 15th. So I'll just do a bunch of office work from the 12th to the 15th. Then, boom, I'll jump back onto the radio. And, of course, I'll have the podcast each and every day. But a lot of folks wanted to know kind of what my schedule was going to be on uh, Raider Nation Radio. Eventually, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, but to begin with, I'll be on from 4 to 6, starting on the 15th, just filling in for Vinny. And then when he gets back from vacation, then, man, let's look out. It's, it's all gas, no brakes. That's how we're going to go, and we're going to go hard in the paint. So that's just kind of update on what I've got going on. Now, I mentioned at the top of the show that uh, I had a lot of Derek Carr information or a lot of Derek Carr uh, conversation here, and not any of it, you know, is he the guy, is he not the guy, he stinks, he's great. You know, none of that low-hanging fruit that a lot of people talk about. But uh, on Wednesday's show, I, I played a little clip from uh, Derek Carr when he was on with Chris Collinworth, the, the podcast, talking about um, – talking about Devontae Adams and how he's going to put the full-court press on him. Well, uh, as I was doing a little bit of, not digging, but a little bit of research on Wednesday, I actually heard him talking about Carl Nassib. And uh, he talked about a lot of different things with Chris Collinsworth, but Collinsworth brought up Carl Nassib and how he thinks that, you know, him coming out and saying that he's gay, how will that affect the team, if it affects him at all? And I thought this was a really good answer from Derek Carr. Our team has been uh, all for, you know, having his back. That doesn't mean everyone agrees with the lifestyle or agrees with that, but we live in a country nowadays, like people think if you don't agree, then you can't love one another and have their back. And like, that is the farthest thing from the truth, you know? And, and so there are some guys that have raised a question or two, but they all say without a doubt, we have his back and he's our brother. So if you want to mess with him, you have to go through us kind of a thing. And that's what family does is family covers one another. And so uh, we have Carl's back and I hope that, I hope that no one makes it difficult for him, you know, and I'm talking about the outside coming in because inside of our building, he's going to, he's going to be loved just like uh, he's always been loved. Just like everyone on our team is always treated. We have a great group of guys. And not only that, we have a mature group of guys, you know, that again, whether they agree or they don't agree, they still love him as a teammate, love him as a brother. You know what I mean? And so um, again, we live in a society sometimes that if you don't say it this way or think this way, then we just kind of cancel everybody. I don't agree with you. Then you go that way and go, well, that's not football. Football is family. And what family does in my experience, no matter what you're up to or what you think is this or right or wrong, family has each other's back at any moment. And I think that's what my favorite thing about football is, is that we can take anyone who thinks this way or believes this way, and we can all come together for one common goal. And that's to win Super Bowl. That's what we're trying to do. And so um, I think it's going to be great for Carl. I think he's going to he'll, – he'll be just fine as long as he continues to give great effort like he does and, uh, you know, uh, go uh, do his thing on the football field. I don't think it'll be a problem at all. So there's Derek Carr right there talking about Carl Nassib and how he thinks that him coming out saying he's gay is going to affect the, the locker room. And you clearly hear right there Derek Carr said he doesn't think it is. You know, it may affect people on the outside of the locker room, but on the inside, they all got love for Carl. And I know some folks are tired of this Carl Nassib story. I get it. But a lot of people also were saying, how come Derek Carr hasn't said anything? How come we haven't heard from Derek Carr? Well, right there, you heard from him. In his words, not me paraphrasing what he had to say or, or repeating what he had to say. You heard from him himself what he had to say about about uh, Carl Nassib and also how the locker room is is uh, you know uh, taking effect from what Carl Nassib had to say and I think that's really good and he said it at the beginning you know even if you don't believe with the lifestyle or believe in the lifestyle it's okay you should still respect the player and still have love for the player and clearly that's what uh, you know what the Raiders are doing so I think that's really really cool now it was funny because uh, Derek Carr was also he was on brother from another on the Peacock Network and that's you know Michael Smith uh, he 
used to be on uh, ESPN with uh, Jamil Hill. He's not on that anymore. She's not either. But anyway, they have a show on Peacock, and Derek Carr was at some kind of a golf tournament, and he sat down with Michael Smith and was asking and was talking about a bunch of different things, about 15, 20 minutes. But the conversation of Tom Brady saying, you're going to stick with that mother, mother, you know, that conversation came up. And so he was asked about that and what his understanding was of it and how he felt by hearing it, because a lot of people believe Tom Brady was talking about Derek Carr. From what I know, it wasn't me. Okay. You know, okay. That's uh, good. Which is good. And, and if it was like, I've, I've gotten in enough trouble trying to challenge some people to fight. You know what I'm uh, but as a man, you know what I'm saying? Like Tom, like you right. got, I know you got the rings, but yeah. you know, if it's not me, then we're good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, if it, what I heard, it wasn't me. Uh, and so I'm good with that. Yeah. But, uh, but if it wasn't, where'd you hear that? It wasn't you. Uh, I can't give about? away my sources. Okay, yeah. Cool. You know, yeah. I got to ask though. Yeah. Sources say, you <laughs> yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just, from a good source, I heard, but Hey, if it was, then that's different. We're, we're men. Well, and I appreciate you being transparent about that because that even that, I wasn't even expecting that. What I yeah. was really wondering is yeah. just like eight years in now. Yeah. And, you know, how hungry are you individually oh, for respect? Oh, you, you know what? You know, I, it's really a team thing. You know, when you win, you know, when we in 2016, we win 12 games. I'm up for the MVP. I get MVP votes. I played better the last two years than I did those two, you know, in that year. Mm. I didn't get any MVP votes. Didn't even go back to the Pro Bowl. So, to me, I, I know what I put on film. You know, I've talked to some coaches out here that I've played against and just what they say to me, that means more to me than getting outside attention. What do they say? Uh, just just how much they respect me as a player, how much they respect me as a, as a man, how I carry myself uh, within the league, yeah. just how I go about my business, how I work, um, and what I've done on the field. And uh, they told me, you know, what a you know, what great season I had, and I keep telling them, yeah, it wasn't good enough because we didn't win the Super Bowl. You know, like that, that's literally the only thing on my mind. When I, when, when, I, when I came to Bristol and saw you then, and when I'm here now and going into my eighth year, the goal has never changed, and the work has never changed. I was up at 540 this morning before I flew here you yeah know, getting my work in yeah like I want to hold that Lombardi trophy as a Raider so there's Derek Carr talking about you know Tom Brady that whole situation and he says from good sources and I don't know who those sources are but saying that he doesn't think that that was him and that's fine it doesn't matter to him you heard that and you know it's funny he went on uh, a lot longer to talk about how he doesn't care and how you know he had to learn not to worry about what everybody thinks because he can't please everybody anyway uh, he went on to talk about Russell Westbrook and how he was an example for him he's just like hey I can't please please everybody. I'm out there balling, doing everything I can. I can't please everybody. And, uh, you know, so I think Derek Carr is in a really, really good place, but I did find it pretty interesting that he said, Hey man, uh, I, I've heard from sources that he wasn't talking about me anyway. So uh, it is what it is. Just thought it was kind of cool to hear from Derek Carr. And I'm not mad that he's kind of on the tour doing his own thing in the offseason and, and, and being able to talk to multiple different outlets. And I think it's kind of refreshing to get him on his uh, a different setting that's not just a media session, not just after practice, you know, after a game and all that. Being able to hear him talk when he's in a, in a relaxed setting, I think that's really, really cool. So, uh, that's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast news and notes of the day. I also, I kind of did want to tell you about my attempt to go to the LV Aces game on Wednesday. Matter of fact, I will tell you real quick. I tried to go to the LV Aces. They were playing the Phoenix Mercury, and I wanted to go check it out. You know, I'm in town. I want to go see a game before I get really, really super busy, and, and I know the LV Aces are really good. Matter of fact, the number one team in the WNBA. So I went to go check them out, and I, I tried to check in with the radio station to see if they had a, you know, a credential I could use, and, and it was just it was such last minute that I just wasn't able to. So then I was trying to get a, a, a ticket for the radio station and they had already given them all out again. It was last minute, so I don't blame them. So I was like, ah, oh, you know what? No big deal. I'll just go. I'll just go buy a ticket or two. Maybe I'll even take Mama Q with me and we'll go watch the game. Man, I went online to go get a ticket. 
They had two tickets left for $128 each. I said, oh, they're a really good team, but I ain't paying $128 each to go see the LV Aces. But I, I say that to tell you that, man, there's so much support in this city for the teams that are here. It doesn't matter what team it is. I cannot wait to see Raider Nation in Allegiant Stadium because, man, there's going to be people coming from all neck of the woods, you know, in town, out of town, all over the country to, to go to Raider games. It's going to be fantastic. If the LV Aces games are basically sold out, and they are, you know, really the only people that are allowed into the games right now are season ticket holders. I actually found that out on Wednesday as well uh, because they're still in kind of COVID, you know, protocols and everything, but there's a ton of support there at those LV Aces games. So if they're they're getting that kind of support, and they are a good team, don't get me wrong, really, really good team. They're getting that kind of support, man, I can only imagine what the Raiders are going to get in Allegiant Stadium. So I, I'm so excited and pumped up and fired up about that. So that's all I got for you officially for now for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Coming up in segment number two, going to talk about the quarterback conversation and when is it relevant. And this all comes from Nate in Arizona. He calls and you'll hear his call and then we'll break it down and talk about it and we'll do that next. But before we do that, I do want to talk about betonline.ag. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sporting action, baseball season, NBA, NHL, UFC, MMA. UFC is going down the major way in Las Vegas on Saturday. Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor. He's taking on uh, uh, Poirier. It's going to be a heck of an event before the next knockout, before the next submission, the next three-pointer, or the next slam dunk. You need to head on over to betonline.ag on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Get off the sidelines and get into the game. Your team's on a run in the playoffs. You should be on a run in the playoffs. Again, head to the website on your mobile device or your laptop. Sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Betonline.ag. Got to use the promo code Locked On. That's the only way you get that 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Segment number two, it's on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we are. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast on this Thursday, July 8, 2021. Want to talk about the quarterback conversation, and when is it relevant? And really this came up because on Wednesday uh, I was talking about difference makers on the show, and I was saying that, hey, you know, the difference maker for the Chiefs is Patrick Mahomes. Difference maker for, you know, the Chargers could be Justin Herbert, who all of a sudden stepped in and let, man, he looks like an absolute dude. But Tom Brady, no doubt about it, was a difference maker there in Tampa Bay. And so I said, but I'm not, you know, bringing up the quarterback conversation, not trying to replace Derek Carr, not trying to get him out of there, not trying to say he's not the difference maker. I was just posing the question and asking, Asking it. Well, Nate from Arizona did not call in and say, hey, Q, stop talking about D.C. No, none of that. You know, we don't get down like that here on the podcast. There's a lot of uh, places and outlets out there that do that, and, and that's an easy conversation. Usually it's outsiders that just don't really have any research and haven't really learned anything about the Raiders, and it's like the low-hanging fruit is, oh, just talk about Derek Carr. That's all you got to do. Well, that's not how we get down. You know, we actually have real deal conversations here. So Nate brought up a great question, basically asking like, hey, man, not, you know, not saying that Derek Carr is a bad guy, just wanting to know when the quarterback conversation is relevant. When should, you know, the Raiders have that conversation? So check out his call, and then we'll break this down. Here he is, Nate from Arizona. What's up, Q? It's Nate from AZ. Hey, man, so... I was uh, listening to the podcast. I'm actually in the middle of the podcast right now while you were talking about difference makers. And I was having a conversation with a friend of mine about quarterbacks. Uh, he's a, I'm a big Derek Carr fan. He, he's a, you know, whatever Derek Carr fan. He's like, if we either keep him or we get rid of him, it doesn't really matter. And I was thinking about kind of that quarterback conversation and not necessarily 
only thinking about Derek Carr, but when is the quarterback conversation relevant? You know, we always talk about how, you know, we talk about the win-loss percentage, and we always put it on the quarterback. So when it when is it warranted? Because I know most of the time I talk about how it's the whole team. It's the team as a unit uh, that 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 is the the reason that we win or the reason that we lose. But when is it when is it warranted? When is when does when do we make that the important portion of the conversation? Um, whether it matters if the quarterback uh, is the reason that we win or the reason that we lose. I guess I don't know if that makes sense to you, but I, I don't know. I've been trying to wrap my head around it, dig into it a little bit more, but. I was just wondering your thoughts about it. Uh, hope to hear uh, back from you another time. Talk to you later. Raiders. Now, that's why I played that call, and that's why I separated it for segment number two and not just a quick call and just a quick answer because I think there's a lot of layers in that call, but I think it's a really, really good call. So, Nate, thank you so much for that. And, you know, it's funny. When you think about it, and I say this all the time, win-loss records are so overrated in the NFL, and the only two people that I know of that have a win-loss record is the head coach and the quarterback. And that's it. Nobody, and I've said this so many times, nobody knows what the win-loss record is of your starting running back or your starting center or the wide receiver or your defensive end. But everyone knows what the win-loss record is of the quarterback and the head coach. And I get it. That comes with a paycheck as well. Totally get that. But it's, it's so funny that those are really the only two people in the league and on the team, on any specific team, that you have a win-loss record for is the quarterback and the head coach. Now, with that being said, when is the quarterback conversation warranted and relevant? You know, it's funny if you think about it. I think it's when teams get to the point where they say, can I win with this guy? Can I not win with this guy? Can this guy get us where we want to be? Can he elevate us to that next level to ultimately hoist the Lombardi trophy, which is the ultimate goal? Or has he has he reached his plateau? I think that's when the conversation is relevant. And I think that's a conversation not for us here on the podcast all the time, but I think that's a conversation for teams all the time. And my perfect example of that is look what happened in L.A. Jared Goff, who was a first round draft pick, uh, matter of fact, number what, number one overall? Uh, just a few years ago, ended up in the Super Bowl with the Rams and then traded this offseason for Matt Stafford, who has never won a playoff game. But the Rams felt like, you know what, Jared Goff has done all he can do. He's gotten us as far as he can get us. He can't win the big game. We don't think we can win the big game with Jared Goff. We're going to move him on for a guy who we think is a winner, even though he's never been on a winning team. You know what I mean? He was part of a team that went over. <laughs> but yet they made the trade for him. So now there's all the pressure with the Rams on Matt Stafford, you know, and Sean McVay and the whole organization. Because if he comes out the box and he stinks, then it's like, well, it wasn't on Jared Goff. It was really on the team. And oh, Matt Stafford's still Matt Stafford. Because if you go and look back at his win-loss record, it's not good. Not good at all. He's never won a playoff game. You know, so going back to Derek Carr, it's funny because you can look at his win-loss record and say, oh, well, it's not good enough. And, of course, Raider Nation is hungry, wants to see him in the playoffs, wants to see him in the Super Bowl, just like he says he wants to be in the Super Bowl. But you're right. It's a team game. You know, and so the Rams are banking that Matt Stafford is a lot better than his win-loss record. And a lot of teams that are talking about, well, if the Raiders move on for Derek Carr, uh, we wouldn't mind going up and, and picking him up because we think he's better than his win-loss record. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's the funny thing about it is there's so many teams out there that 
if Derek Carr was on the market, if they were trying to move him, or if they just like flat out released him at some point, they would get they'd pick him up quick, fast, and in a hurry because they feel like they could win with them. Even though his win loss record doesn't say he's the best quarterback. But think about that. Think about how much the Rams gave up to go get Matt Stafford, who's never won a playoff game, who only had a lot of good stats but doesn't have a lot of good wins. Doesn't. And everyone says, well, you know, Detroit was a dumpster fire, so that's the reason. But you let go of a quarterback that was in the Super Bowl. Jared Goff helped them get to the Super Bowl. I'm not saying it was all on him. Again, it's a team sport. But he got them to the Super Bowl. I was there. It was in Atlanta. And you know what? They should have won the game. And he missed the throw in the end zone. If he was uh, early on the throw or, or, or led his wide receiver like he should have, they would have won that game. Instead, he was late on the throw. And, well, it, it just it, it fell incomplete. And the Rams didn't get that touchdown that they needed. And boom, boom, bing. There you go. Another Patriot win. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, no, I think that the conversation is warranted. I think it should be something each and every year that teams talk about. Hey, has this guy got us to the level where we can't get any further? Has he already plateaued? Has he reached his peak? Or is he continuing to improve? And can he get better and get us to where we want to go? The ultimate goal for 32 teams in the league is the Super Bowl. Now, it's not, it's not uh, you know, uh, realistic for every team in the league, but that's the goal. That is the goal for every single team. Derek Carr talks about it all the time. He wants to win a Lombardi with the Raiders. He talks about it all the time. Can he take that next step? Is he capable of that next step? Well, the one thing I'll say that where I can say, yes, he is, he's improved every year under John Gruden. So I'd be a fool to think, well, he can't improve this year. Now, I'll say this. Another point of this conversation is I think it's a relevant conversation for the organization. Again, not for us, but for the organization when they're talking about, well, he's got two years left on his deal. At what point do we start talking about a contract extension? Well, you go back to the same thing, the same question I posed. Has he reached his peak? Has he plateaued? Is he going to get any better? Is he going to get the team over the hump? If you feel like yes is the answer to those questions, you know, at least to the can he get us to the next level? If he's peaked and plateaued and he can't get no better, are you going to be able to make it to the Super Bowl, get a, a deep run in the playoffs with him? Is it worthy to giving him a contract extension? I mean, those are the questions that you have to ask, but again, um, low-hanging fruit is for someone like me, a podcaster or a radio guy, to go on the radio and talk about that every single day. I'm not going to do that. I'm just not. That's silly, and that gets tiresome, and that's bad radio. Even though people have told me, oh, I, I want to talk about it. No, you don't. No, you don't. That's old. It gets old. Let's talk about some other stuff. But as far as that question goes, um, I think that organizations, probably each and every year as they do um, evaluations on their players, I think they say, okay, let's look at the, the number one position on this football team, which is the quarterback. The quarterback touches the ball every single play of the game. You know what I mean? Like, as the quarterback goes, the team usually goes. So, yeah, it's a relevant conversation. It's warranted for them. When is it warranted for people like us? I mean, every once in a while, it's fine to pose the question. It's fine to, you know, talk about it. Um, I don't mind at the end of the season or even, you know, at the beginning of the season, what does, you know, Derek Carr have to do to take his game to the next level? We've talked about that on the podcast, you know. What are reasonable expectations for Derek Carr this year? What does he have to do to improve? Uh, one of my big things for him is, is hold on to the ball and not fumble. And suddenly, all of a sudden, that's like become a, a real big uh, uh, talking point across like national media. Oh, well, Derek Carr led the league in, in fumbles in, in 2020. Yeah, he did. But that's something that all of Raider Nation has been talking about for a while. That's something he's got to improve on. Every single year, to Derek Carr's credit, he's found something in his game, and I'm sure John Gruden's been harping on it as well, found something in his game that needs improvement, and he's done it. And he's, he's improved on that each and every year. Now this year, I'm hoping that he takes the next step and his ball security in the pocket. 
He does really well when it comes to not throwing interceptions, and he's doing really well uh, running the ball. You know, being being able to stay uh, keep plays alive with his legs. Something I've been harping on for a couple seasons. He finally did it last year, and I applauded him. You know, a lot of people said, "Oh, well, you know, it wasn't good enough." No, it, it was because it was better than what it was before, and that's all you could ask for. You could see the improvement. You could see the uh, attention to detail. I'm not, hey, look, man, I'm not, I'm not, for, for lack of better words, I'm not a hard ass. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where I'm like, oh, it, it's got to be this or it's not good enough. No, I, if, you're, if you're out there busting it and you're out there trying to improve and you know an element of your game that needs to improve and you're willing to work on it, I can respect that. And so I respect what Derek Carr is doing. Again, this year, I think his next step is, is making sure he secures the ball in the pocket. Don't fumble when, when it gets a little hairy in the pocket, when, when guys start swiping at the ball, fumbling the ball. That puts your defense in a really bad situation, and it kills a lot of momentum that you have as well. So, uh, yeah, that, that's what I'm looking for Derek Carr to improve on in 2021. Matter of fact, that's something I'll ask him about. Again, I mean, I, I feel so blessed to be in this situation where I can now, instead of say, hey, Vinny, can you ask this question? Or, hey, so-and-so, can you ask this question? Or, why didn't this guy ask this question? I'm in the situation now where I'll be there at the facility where I can say, Derek, what is it going to take to you know, hold on to the rock? How do you work on holding on to the rock a little bit better so you don't lead the league in fumbles when, you know, when guys start swiping at the ball, those strip sacks, when you don't do that? How do you do that in a respectful way? Again, not trying to be a jerk. I'm not trying to be, you know, Josh DeBoe where I'm, I'm like ugly about it. And, and look, it's not a shot at him either. It's just I know that that's his get down. That's just how he is. I, I'm, I'm a respectful dude. Uh, I'm not going to be, you know, like I said, ugly about anything. But I think it's a question that's very, very valid. You know, how do you work on that? What do you do in the offseason to try to work on that to improve that element of your game? That's very, very fair. Um, and, and again, going back to the conversation about, uh, you know, when is the, the conversation warranted? Well, uh, uh, you know, a lot of folks are talking about Derek Carr and the contract extension. So before the Raiders make that decision and pull the trigger on a contract extension, they, they, they need to be having that conversation. As far as we go, um, you know, I, I think that it's fair to have it in, in your mind. And I've thought about it for years. You know, what are the Raiders going to do? How long do they ride with Carr? You know, is there a, is there a guy that, that they feel like it could come up uh, in the ranks and, and take his spot? You know, I mean, they held on to Nate Peterman for so long. I don't understand why. He's a glorified black backup for me as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Marcus Mariota's there right now. I don't think he's, you know, a long-term guy. Are they at some point going to draft a guy? Is he going to be married at the hip with John Gruden the whole time that, uh, you know, Gruden's the, on the sidelines? Maybe. I mean, there's so many questions that you can ask when it comes to the quarterback and Derek Carr. But just in, in question, in, in general, when it comes to all the quarterbacks across the league, anytime you're ready for a contract extension, that conversation is definitely warranted. And – in the offseason, anytime you, you wonder, hey, has this guy reached his plateau? Has he already peaked? Can he get any better? And I guess the best example I could give you is what we saw this offseason when the Rams made the move for Matt Stafford, who has a terrible win-loss record because they think he's going to be the guy that's going to get them over the top. So hopefully that helps clear up that a little bit and, and answers your question. But thank you, Nate. I definitely appreciate the call. It was really, really good stuff. And sometimes we'll do it like that. We'll get down like that. You'll have a good call, and I want to talk about it more than just, you know, 30 seconds or a minute. So uh, I'll just say, hey, let's let's make it a conversation for the podcast. And that's what we did right there with Nate from Arizona's call. So thank you so much, my man. appreciate you. You want to get your call in, 707-654-4693. That's the Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line. And you can always tweet at me, at your boy Q. 254. That's my Twitter account. Coming up in segment number three, your calls Ed text straight off that Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line. Before we get into that, though, I do want to tell you about Built Bar. 
Built Bar is back, and they're back with some new flavors. You know, for the longest, I was telling you about nine flavors that they had that they were really trying to focus in on. Now I'm going to tell you about some other flavors that they have that they're trying to focus in on, like German chocolate, coconut, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, orange, raspberry, strawberry, mint brownie, salted caramel, double chocolate, and for a limited time only, Built Grasshopper Cookie. Like that old school classic thin mint cookie, but it's a built bar. 150 calories, 17 grams of protein, only 5 grams of sugar. So it's got all the great flavor without the massive sugar that those classic thin mint cookies had back in the day. So if that's one that you like, definitely get it because it's only available through Friday. So you got to go to the website, not now, but right now. You got to go to the website, builtbar.com, and make sure you get you a box or two of the grasshopper cookie. But maybe you like all the flavors and you don't want to just focus in on just one. You can always get you a mixed box as well. It's going to get you two of each of the bars. It's also going to get you hooked up with something that's good for you, tastes great, but they're healthy. So you don't get that very often, but make sure you go get it and you get it right now. BuiltBar.com. When you check out, use the promo code LOCK15. You'll save 15% off your order just like that. BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCK15 to save 15% off your order as you check out at BuiltBar.com. Segment number three, it's on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast. Voicemail line 707-654-4693. Let's get things started with my guy, T3 Raider Facts. He's calling in with his five quick hits of the day, talking about potential difference makers, going back to our conversation we had on Wednesday's show. Here he is, T3 Raider Facts. Three Raider Facts with my five quick hits of the day with five potential guys who can step up and be that guy, that dude, in 2021. Number one, Derek Carr. It all starts with the quarterback. In year eight, D.C. can step up this year with his performance, but also with his heart. He's shown it in the past, and he's taken them to the playoffs, but he's never led them in the playoffs. This season, I believe, is next-level stuff for Derek Carr. Number two, Yannick Ngakwe, the the logical choice on the defensive side. Q and I have both been pounding the table for this guy to wear silver and black for a while. Now he's there. And it's why not? He wants to be here. So now let's see this experience and let's see how he pulls it off and see how it brushes off on his teammates. Number three, Casey Hayward, leader in experience. In fact, he's got the third most NFL experience of anyone else on the team. He'll lead the way for all the young cats on the back end, but I think he'll step step up and do the job early. I'm making a prediction right now that even guys on the rest of the team, as they try to determine scratch and claw and find their own way and find their spot on the team, they're going to be looking and pointing at Kehei and say, he's the man. Number four, Alec Ingold. Yeah, this year I think Ingold steps forward and, and becomes a leader. Just like John Ritchie did back in the day, pumping up the troops, I see Ingold stepping up, leading the way, and still being the guy who can pick up those tough yards down close. I see Alec Ingold taking a step forward this year. And number five, Solomon Thomas. This young man is talented. He's motivated. He realizes his opportunity, and I think he's going to help lead the charge on that defensive front. Carr, Ngakwe, Hayward, Ingold, and Thomas. Five guys. Watch them step it up. Not to say that somebody else is not going to be the alpha, but there are five guys I'm passionate about. And you know that passion always outlives fashion. There he goes right there. T3 Raider Facts, five quick hits of the day, talking about potential difference makers. Again, going back to our Wednesday conversation here on the podcast, Derek Carr, okay, that makes sense. Unique Ngakwe makes a lot of sense. Casey Hayward 
That also makes sense as a veteran on the defensive uh, in that defensive backfield. Alec Ingold. That's the one question I have, T3. Uh, I get it. I, I know he's a hell of a player, and I also know that he could have a lot of leadership skills, but I don't know if the fullback is going to put the team over the top. You know what I mean? I don't know if he's going to be the difference maker that's going to help put the team over the top. Solomon Thomas, uh, former first-round draft pick, maybe if he can become a monster on that interior part of the defensive line, maybe he could be that as well. But Carr, Ngakwe, Hayward, I can definitely make cases for those guys. Ingold and Thomas, I have a little bit of skepticism about those guys. But, again, that's why we're talking about it because you could absolutely be right. Thank you so much for that call. Appreciate you. Next up is a text message from Joe in SoCal. It says, Yo, Q! I have to strongly disagree with Abram being the breakout player that will spark change. That title belongs to Crosby, and the reason is simple. His play and attitude are infectious. He's a breakout for the Raiders next season. Raider Nation for Life, Joe from SoCal. That's going back to the piece that was on uh, The Athletic. Tashawn Reed actually uh, penned that piece talking about Jonathan Abram he thought was going to be a breakout player in Gus Bradley's defense, being able to play uh, closer to the line of scrimmage up in the box. He was going to be that big difference maker, but... Joe thinks it's going to be Max Crosby going into year three, and this is a huge year for him because he's only on a four-year contract. But uh, Max Crosby, he definitely could be that guy. He's had two really good seasons so far uh, in his career, and uh, if he can go ahead and and be even better than he's been so far, if he can put together another double-digit sack season, yeah, he absolutely could be that guy. And you're right about his attitude and, and, and that infectious style because if you're a guy with a lot of energy, if you're a guy that, uh, you know, brings life to a room or you just go out there and you bust your tail, that is infectious for people around you. So I can totally see what you're saying. So a uh, guy to keep an eye on for sure is Max Crosby. See how he takes advantage of what the, the, the guys that are around him uh, this year on that defensive line, the rotation he has on the defensive line, and on the other end, having Unique Ngakwe. How can Max Crosby benefit off that? Definitely something to pay attention to. Thank you so much for that text. Next up, got a call from my guy, California Dave in West. Tennessee. He's calling to talk about my story and then three difference makers on the defensive side of the ball. Guys who could be on the hot seat and also some guys that are potential sleepers leading into training camp. Here he is, California Dave in West Tennessee. Q Nation. California Dave calling out of West Tennessee, y'all. Q, big shout out and congrats to you, man. Honestly, brother, you are an inspiration. Um, I'd like to pose a challenge to you. And maybe share your story with the younger generation somehow. Honestly, man, you are a motivational speaker, if you know that or not. And just sharing your story with the kids who have goals and dreams about being an athlete or a singer or a superstar, but they're not really talented enough to be that, can still pursue that dream in other ways. I really think you'd be really inspirational to the younger generation, my friend. Um, want to touch on a few subjects. Three players on defense. It's going to be breakout. I just look at the coaches. I think linebacker coach, DB coach, DC, I think that is going to be the difference makers on our defense. I think Corey Littleton better be watching his back just as much as Jalen Richard because I think we got some young linebackers that are cheaper and can do exactly what he does on the field. Um, what was the other one? We, yeah, okay. Steels and Robinson are my two sleeper picks. The only reason why I say Steels is as much as you've been hyping him up, then I started reading about him, looking at him, watching a little bit of tape. And, yeah, 
Mike Mayak always seems to find a diamond in the rough, and I think that's that guy. All right, Nation Q, love y'all. Peace out. There he goes, California Dave in West Tennessee. Thank you so much for the love, my man. And, uh, yeah, I'll definitely tell my story one day, and I, I hope that it can be inspiring for someone, uh, a youngster or something, you know what I mean? Because uh, it's, it's, it's been an uphill battle, but uh, everyone doesn't always achieve, and I don't want to say greatness because I haven't achieved greatness yet, but everyone doesn't always achieve their goals the same way. You know what I mean? It's not always a, a exact blueprint. Everyone has their own style. Everyone's their own person, and it just, no matter how you get where you want to go, you can still get there. You just got to, you know, you got to find your lane. So, yeah, I'll definitely share that story at some point. Maybe I'll do that next week uh, before we get into training camp. But uh, as far as some other points that you brought up, three defensive coaches, Gus Bradley, defensive coordinator, Ron Miles, defensive backs coach, and Richard Smith, the LB coach, linebackers coach. Those are three really good additions that I've been talking about quite a bit this offseason. I think they are really going to help that defense out in a major way. I'm excited about those guys. Uh, Corey Littleton, he may have to work his tail off to hold on to his spot, but uh, going back to your your comment on the coaches I think linebacker coach Richard Smith is really really going to help Corey Littleton out in a major way um you know he could be in for a special season and then you're talking about Darius Stills yeah man I think he's going to be a player he's got a lot of work to do he was under after free agent out of West Virginia but I mean he's got that work ethic you know he's got that that want to he's got that that go get him in him so I think that he really could end up being a player I anticipate him being a practice squad guy to begin with but you never know how long that might last you never know what might happen in training camp he might go ahead and turn it on and, and end up being a guy that that makes a 53 man roster we'll have to wait and see but uh, thank you so much for that call I do appreciate it my man uh, how about a text from Raider Gones? He says, hey, Q, what's up? With the recent talks about D.C. getting a contract extension, I got a few questions and wanted your thoughts. One, when the smart business move to be signed him after this year based on his performance? Two, what benefits do the Raiders get if they give D.C. a contract extension now besides saving money? If this happens, would it be a team-friendly deal or more of an incentive type of contract? Three, can the Raiders do a contract extension and then trade D.C.? Uh, option three makes the most sense to me if it's possible to trade him to Green Bay for Rodgers. Carr and Adams will reunite like they've been talking about in the media. And we get a quarterback who's a proven winner even when the defense isn't top 10. That's from Raider Gones. First off top, thank you so much for the text. I appreciate you. And, I mean, it's it's a lot of different ways you could look at a contract extension for Derek Carr. And one, you'd have to look at all elements of it. you got to break it down. You know, how, what's the length of it? What's the guaranteed money on it? You know, what's the small language, the, the you know, the small print say? Uh, yeah, and, and, and going to your question about could they trade him after they give him a contract extension? Sure, you know, you could. Uh, I think one of the, the benefits to them giving him a contract extension would he'd have peace of mind that they want him around for years to come and they're happy with what he's doing and he doesn't have to worry about, you know, the media talking about he's going to be out after this year and, you know, he might be able to go out there with a clear mind and play a little bit better. Um, so that would be one benefit. Uh, the smart business move might be to sign him after this year based off performance. Plus, uh, for him, it might make a, a lot more sense to go ahead and get a contract extension after this year anyway because the, the salary cap is going to go up. Uh, you know, so there's a lot of different things to look at as far as that goes. Uh, but, I mean, the guy's been around, is going into his eighth year now. Uh, he really wants to make it happen with the Raiders. I kind of feel like he's going to be tied at the hip with John Gruden. I don't see John Gruden as a guy who really wants to uh, go and draft a young quarterback and then groom him to take that spot. Maybe he does. I just don't see it coming. I haven't seen it happen before in John Gruden's, uh, you know, past as a head coach. So we'll see. But uh, I think there's a lot of reasons to want – Derek Carr to get a contract extension. And I think there's also a lot of reasons to kind of say, like you said, well, just wait till after the season for both parties, you know, for the Raiders and for Derek Carr. So it's just something to pay attention to and see what happens. But the conversation is at least out there. I don't know how serious it is, but the conversation is out there. Appreciate you.
And my final call for the show comes from Just Win Wendy. She's calling to talk about her sleeper predictions from last season. Then she shares her sleepers for this season. Here she is, Just Win Wendy, closing things out today. Hi, Q. It's Just Win Wendy. And I heard your show today, and I had a couple of things I wanted to tell you. First of all, last year I was about 50% on my two sleepers. Um, I really, really thought Mohurst and um, Eric Harris were going to really do good. I, I really thought they were going to have big years last year, and I thought they're the two sleepers nobody believed. Well, neither one of them did very well. But my other sleeper was Nelson Aguilar, and I did great on that one. So I was right on one anyway. So this year I've got Zay Jones as on the offense because I really think that he has been working really hard and he's been working hard with Derek, with Derek Carr. So I think he's going to come up big. And also um, Clee Farrell. I think Clee is going to be a real surprise this year and play his heart out and get a bunch of, a bunch of tackles bunch of stopping runs, uh, <laughs> sorry, and uh, probably a few sacks. So let's see how it goes. But those are my two sleepers for this year. And can't wait to hear you on the radio. Thanks. Bye. There she goes. That's Just Win Wendy. And thank you for the call. Appreciate you. And Mohurst, Eric Harris last season. You, there was a lot of folks that thought those two guys were really going to shine and do a lot of things, and they really didn't. Like you mentioned, uh, didn't do a whole lot. Now neither one is a Raider. Harris is in Atlanta with the Falcons, and Mohurst is in San Francisco with the 49ers. Now, Nelly, you were spot on about that one made me a believer because I doubted him from the very minute they signed him. I didn't think he was going to make the 53-man roster. And then, boom, there he is. He went out and had a huge season. I was very, very proud to say I was wrong in that situation. This year, Zay Jones, that's interesting to me. The Raiders traded for him. They've kept him around, kept him around. He's a very hard worker. Uh, Carr definitely has a relationship with him. There's no doubt about that. My question with him is, who does he replace on the field to get a chance to really be that guy? That's my biggest question when it comes to Zay Jones. Like, who are you taking off the field to put Zay Jones on there? And that's not a disrespect to him. It's just kind of gives the Raiders a lot of credit for what they have on their roster. And I like your thinking around Cleve Farrell. Uh, he could really, really be a good one, especially, in my opinion, if he could stay healthy. We know how good he is against the run. Now he's got to take his game to the next level and get to the quarterback a little bit more and be able to be available for a full 17-game season. That will take Cleve Furl to the next level. So thank you so much for that, Wendy. I appreciate you. Love your name. Just win, Wendy. Good stuff right there. And that's going to do it for today's show. Appreciate all the feedback, calls and texts, even tweets. Locked on Raider Podcast, voicemail line 707-654-4693. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll close out the week really, really strong. I'll get on the highway. Actually, I'll get in the air. i got to get in the airport um, and then uh, fly all the way to, to Texas and then get in the U-Haul and drive all the way back to Las Vegas. And then that's it. I'm all the way West Coast. I'll be on the West Coast the rest of the time. No more headed back to the Dirty Dirty. So uh, definitely appreciate everybody. Uh, appreciate all the uh, congratulations that are continuing to roll in. Uh, that's awesome. It really makes the person feel good. Uh, so we'll be back tomorrow with uh, more calls and texts. We'll get more news and notes, and we'll have more conversation here on the Locked On Raiders podcast. Until then, Raider Nation, as always, just win, baby.